have had changes in your life. Maybe you've moved before. Maybe you uh, have gone to a new school. You started a year at one school, then you went to another school. Maybe you have a job. Your parents move a lot. You know, change. I totally get that. Uh, for me, I deal with change. I actually like change. This week, we changed offices at work, which may not seem like a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to me. I got a nice big office with a big window, and I just don't even have enough stuff to put in my office. I got to go buy more stuff. I like change. But for people who like change, and if you're one of those people you like change, you have to be sensitive to the people who do not like change as much as you do. For some people, change freaks them out. Like change usually freaks people out for one of two reasons. Either they were not prepared for the change, so something happened, they were not prepared, or they went into the change thinking, I'm prepared, I'm ready, and I'm ready to go, and they realize that they are not as ready as they thought they were. You know, uh, you think about change, and this is true for everybody, uh, and um, it's true for me. You know, sometimes I think about, and I imagine, are there things in my, and there's things in my life that need change for sure, but are there things in my relationship with Jesus that need change? You know, I think of how I deal with all the change that I'm faced with, and I think, does the same apply to my relationship with Jesus? Are there things in my relationship with Jesus that needs to change? Because, and here's the thing that I think is true, and you're going to agree with this, okay? When it comes to real change, it's easy to spot because it's obvious. When real change takes place, it's obvious. Now, maybe it's spiritual change. It's a change in your life and what you believe and, and where you get your, kinda, your information and how you apply it to your life, and a big change can happen. You know, there's also, like, easier changes, but all changes are obvious to spot when they take place. Here's an example of one, okay? This is a very easy change to spot, all right? You can add a little McDonald's. You know, Hulk, this is funny. Thank you for the pity laugh. Here's another example. Okay, this is more easy. You could try this at home if you have a cat, all right? If your mom leaves for work and comes home and Fluffy looks like you know, Dr. Evil's cat, then, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, everyone's gonna know there's a change. It's obvious. All right, here's the last one, Mr. Bigglesworth. Here's the last one. This is an obvious change. You see this here. Who is that guy circa 2007? Who is that handsome man with all the hair? And then why is Justin next to him? The truth is that that is actually me. You know, change is obvious. Change is obvious. No, I look great, okay? I don't, I look really, change is obvious. Let me ask you this question, okay? This is a simple question. What's the biggest change that you've made in your life? Biggest change you've made? And everyone has a different answer, but it's easy to think of your answer, okay? For some people, uh, you know, moving, that's their big change. For some people, the family situation, parents getting divorced, that's a big change. For some people, they've lost a sibling this year, or they lost, uh, lost a grandparent or a parent this year. That is a massive change. And, you know, the truth is that you know, wherever you fall kind of on that change spectrum, you know, Big change happens, and it's inevitable. It is part of life. Jesus knew this to be true. You know, Jesus knew that it was true that change was going to happen, and he knew this big change was going to happen. You know, when Jesus collected the 12 disciples, which a disciple, if you don't know, is just someone who is following and learning from someone else. There's the teacher, and then there's the person who's the disciple. Like, the, you know, there's the Jedi, and there's the Padawan learner. There's the teacher, Jesus, and there's his 12 disciples. So in his 12 disciples, he gathered these guys and taught them because Jesus knew a big change was going to happen. He was preparing them for something big. You know, Jesus knew that he was eventually going to go, and he was going to die at the cross, and he was going to leave this this world and leave it in the hands of the disciples. See, Jesus spent three years training them so they could take what they've learned to go and start the church. You know, that was Jesus's hope for them from the very beginning, that they would take the gospel and they would spread the gospel everywhere. But when you think about this, spending three years with Jesus, learning from Jesus, being trained by Jesus, you know, watching him do miracles, making mistakes, and having Jesus be the one to point out your mistakes. 
you know, doing that for three years and then being expected to go and do the stuff of the ministry, to go teach the Bible, which they didn't even have back then, to go lead in songs that weren't even written, right? This, to take, you know, tell people to go to a place that didn't exist. I mean, they were the ones who were starting this from scratch. They were the ones taking it and going to towns and villages and saying, hey, let me tell you about this guy, Jesus. Let me tell you the story. And he can save you. And he has saved you. And he's died and he's risen again. And let me tell you. And for them to hear that they have to then go do that and experience it themselves was a huge change. Jesus spent time preparing them for this change. Now, here's what I, I want you guys to know. Uh, Jesus used these I am statements uh, for a purpose, okay? He used them for a purpose. He used them to explain to these guys who he was, what his purpose was, so they could know a little bit more about him. We're going to be in John 14. Have you ever Bibles? Open them up. This is a perfect note-taker's lesson. If you like taking notes, you will need more than one sheet. If you have never taken notes before, listen, if you've never taken notes before, I totally understand. You should take notes this lesson. It is worth it. It is valuable. Trust me on this. So grab a Bible and a pen. Open it up to John 14, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the fourth book of the New Testament. This is what it says. Jesus told him, and he's talking. This is where I remember our key verse. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, this is important. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. This is Jesus talking. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now, this is the sixth of the seven I am statements that Jesus made. Uh, and this is the thing. Uh, he's saying to his disciples, this group of disciples, you know God now differently because you know me. You know God, you know the, the creator of the heavens and the earth, you know Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and you know, all this stuff that happened. That guy, God, you know him better because you've spent time learning from me. And for them, this was blowing their mind because they had a very different idea of what knowing God looked like. But here's the truth, and I want you to write this down. Jesus was always God's plan A, and there is no plan B. When God was up in heaven, sitting there with his son Jesus, who was there at the beginning, John 1.1, 1, 1. so you can write down John 1.1, 1, 1. and the Holy Spirit was there too, we know that because in Genesis, the Spirit passed over the earth. So we know this in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. You can read it later. It's awesome. And as God is sitting there, and he's saying, how do I connect with humanity? The people I created, I love them. I made them unique and different and special with talents and gifts, and I want to know them. How am I going to do this? I know what I'm going to do. My son, who I love. I'm going to send him, and he's going to be my representation on earth. You know, John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. John 3, 16, classic Bible verse. That was God's plan A, and there is no plan B. To send Jesus was the perfect plan. But here, here's the problem. You know, not everyone, you know, completely understood it. This is what it says in verse 8. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. You know, he's thinking literal, visual. Show us. We want to see it with our eyes. Jesus replied, I've been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show you? Now, I want to explain Philip for a second. He is thinking back to his childhood. 
Right, so think back to your childhood for a second. Think back, you know, try and remember if you've grown up at Mariners, think back to like the earliest VBS you can remember. You know, think back to like that, whatever it was. You know, maybe just think back, you didn't grow up at church, just think back to the lessons you learned when you were a kid and how you were taught when you were a kid. Like how you teach a child is very different than how you teach a junior higher, right? Like, you know, how they teach children, like they, instead of giving a lesson like this, they put people in costumes and they dance around like monkeys. We can go up to the port and laugh at them if you, I mean, worship with them if you want. It's very different teaching a child than teaching a junior higher. It's very different teaching a kid than teaching an adult. So Philip, he's thinking back to his childhood. You know, when he was young, he learned about how people saw God. And they'd see like these elaborate visions, these big moments where God would come swooping in and it would be just, you know, mesmerizing and attention grabbing. And that's what Philip was asking for. See, but Jesus was giving him something else. He wasn't giving him some epic vision, some big cultivating moment. He was just giving him himself. He was giving him three years of mentoring him, spending time with him. You know, you, if you're in a life group, think for a second. You know, what, would your, what would your life look like if you spent every day for three years with your awesome life group leader? And you walked around with them and you learned from them and learned life from them. You know, Jesus, and this is so good, Jesus is using this for an example, and it's an example to all of us, I think. You know, I talk to junior hires all the time, and I don't know if you're in that category, but I know I was when I was in junior high, so maybe it's not you, maybe it's just me. When I was in junior high, I used to not understand the Bible and God. I just didn't understand it. Like, I'd hear the verses, and I'd sing the songs, and I'd read a little bit, and, and I'd still walk away from a devotion or a prayer time and say, like, I just don't get it still. I still don't understand. This guy was in, he was in heaven. He came down to earth to live around us. I don't get it. You know, this is what's so good. There's this guy, Philip, okay? He didn't get it either. And this guy made it into the Bible. Like, this guy's in the Bible forever. People, we're reading about him right now. And he was with Jesus, okay? You guys are with me, all right? That you're like, so you're, you know, your chances are like, you know, kind of tiny, all right? This guy was with Jesus himself. His chances are massive to understand this. And even he didn't understand that. Why? Because sometimes things are just hard to get. Sometimes things just need to be explained a couple times before you get it. Because Jesus was coming to change the way we viewed how we connect with God. You know, this is, this is the thing, uh, and I don't know uh, if this is you or not, okay? Uh, but have you ever snuck in, this is just a question, have you ever snuck in, it might be up here on the screen, you're going to see it in a second. Have you ever snuck in somewhere you were not supposed to be? Okay, yeah, yeah, totally, right? Maybe a camp, maybe, maybe a house, like I used to, where I used to live. They like demoed this big building and they were building like a Home Depot and like me and my buddy snuck in there during like the building process of it and we were playing roller hockey in there. It was awesome. Uh, I, when I was 13, I went to this youth conference. It was kind of like a camp type thing in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I went with my church and there were probably about 150 of us and most of the guys from my life group went. And one of the guys in my life group, Jeff, we were like partners in crime. This guy was like one of my best friends. And a couple of the bands that were there were bands that we really, really liked. So we decided, obviously, being very savvy, you know, 12-year-olds, that we were going to figure out how to sneak backstage to meet these bands. Of course, this is of course what we're going to do. So we kind of find the door where they're kind of going in and out, you know, where the backstage area is. And we devised this plan to wait until they're kind of rolling something in that we can kind of hide behind and we'd kind of sneak in. So we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then they're kind of rolling this big thing of speakers. And we're like, all right, here's our moment. Here's our chance. Now, the trick of sneaking in anywhere, okay, the trick of sneaking in anywhere is you just have to act like you belong there. 
If you walk in somewhere you're sneaking into and you're like looking over your shoulder like the whole time, it, someone's going to be like something weird's going on and we need to tackle that guy. All right. So don't do that. You just walk in there totally normal, totally casual, like you belong there. And like your chances like are diminished that they're going to you know, stop you. So we get in, we are successful and it's a, we saw this little podium with some name tags on it. And so we just grab one without looking. We put it on and we're like, all right, we really look like we belong here now. So we're walking around taking photos of the band and you know, you know, saying hello to people. And the security guy taps us on the shoulder and says, hey, are you guys supposed to be here? And I look at him like, yeah, absolutely, I'm supposed to be here. I got a name tag on. I mean, obviously, I'm supposed to be here. Who are you supposed to be here? And he grabs my name tag and looks at it. And he's like, so your name's Karen then? And I said, oh, boy. And I just knew I was caught. So obviously, I'm not a woman. So I knew I was caught. My buddy Jeff was caught. And he got security guys escorting us out. But as we're leaving, I see my youth pastor who was there speaking at this conference, uh, this deal we were at. And I yell to him, Tony, it's us. It's us. And Tony, with the all-access pass, because he's actually on stage doing stuff, looks over the security guys and says, oh, no, they're fine. Those guys, they're with me. Those guys there with me. I could stay and take part in all the great stuff of backstage because Tony said, those guys over there, they're with me. They can be part of what I have going on here. Now, I want to take a look at this verse here, verse 10. This is what it says. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives and does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe that because of the work you have seen me do, the work, the miracles, the things you've seen him do, I tell you the truth, anyone, anyone, that includes you, that includes me, that includes the guys doing traffic outside, it includes the people at Starbucks, anyone, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Before I, I, you write anything down, this is what he's saying. He's saying, you, you, anyone who believes, you, if you believe, you will have access to the things that I have. If you believe, you will be able to do the things I do. If you believe, you will be able to draw off the power that I have. If you believe the things that I have that are amazing and awesome, you're going to have access to those things. Security is not going to kick you out. You're going to be able to use the things I have if you believe. Now, why is that? Well, this is why it is. I want you to write it down. It boils down to this. His words and his works. Jesus' words is what he used to say what he's capable of, the power his Father God has given him to do miracles and, and all these incredible things, which speak to his works, the things he's doing. You know, those miracles in the Bible, it's like walking on water, turning water into wine, healing people, raising people from the dead, like all those things. Jesus, who was doing God's will, and God gave him the power to do it. Jesus is saying, if you believe in me, Jesus, I will give you the power that my Father has given me. So you think of, you know, God the Father, he's there and he's giving power to Jesus and Jesus is doing all these miraculous, amazing things. And Jesus is saying, if you believe in me, I'm going to take what my Father's given me, what God's given me, and I'm going to give it to you. And this is what he's saying to his disciples. He's saying, disciples, a change is coming and you're going to be in charge. And I'm going to take the things my Father God has given to me and I'm going to give them to you. And you, you know, why is that? Well, because when he leaves, Jesus knows that the responsibility of spreading the truth of God and Jesus and hope rests in the hands of the disciples. 
that they, they needed in the context they were in, and this is important, in the context that they were in, as, as young and middle-aged guys who were about to go off to these cities and tell these towns about this guy Jesus, they needed a, a type of a, a power and, and, and ability that only comes from God to heal people and do miracles, and it's all in the book of Acts. And they, Jesus knew that those guys needed this, in order for them to be able to spread this out. And here's the thing. The fact that we're all meeting today in this room proves that that plan worked. Like it proved that those 12 guys did go out and spread the message of Jesus and that it, it went everywhere, including Irvine and in the towns around here. And you're here now learning about this story. Now, here's the thing. In, in the context of these disciples who were starting the church, you know, the same thing applies to us. You know, this is what I want you to write down. When you believe in Jesus, where is it? When you believe in Jesus, his words and his works, you have access to that same power. When you believe in Jesus, you have access to the same power. And this is what it says next. You're capable of the same work or greater work in your school, your home, and your relationships. And there's probably a lot more I could add to that list. And why do I put those things on your list? Because your context, the world you're living in, is different from the world the disciples were living in. You know, they were starting the church from scratch. You guys have like this. You have church. You have a place to invite people to. You have a Bible you can hand people. They didn't have that back then. Back then it was just the stories of, of what people had seen when Jesus was here. Now it's like all put together in a book. You could hand someone and say, this, learn about Jesus. This is who he is. So that power that Jesus has and that he hands off to you when you believe, it, it doesn't do the same things that it did for the disciples because that's not needed. The things it does for you, it gives you the power and the strength to do things you probably think that you're not capable of doing. You know, I imagine that all of us have a moment in our day, in our week, or in our month that we say, man, I wish I could, but I just can't. Like, I think all of us have a moment like that. I wish I could confront that friend about something. I wish I could be the one to speak up at my table at home and, you know, we could all pray before we eat, but not everyone in my family is a Christian. And I just, I wish I could, but I can't. And I wish I could, you know, you know, that bully who's just making school difficult. I wish I could be kind to them. Like, it's just so hard for me to be kind to them because I'm just so angry at them. Like, I wish I could forgive that person. I wish I could do that, but I just can't do that. Like, I just, I'm so angry, I'm just holding a grudge, and it's just impossible for me to forgive. Here's the thing that I love, and it's the big idea for today, and I want you to write this down. Because of Jesus' words and works, I can blank. All right, I'm not going to fill it in yet, but we're going to in a second. Because of Jesus' works and words, I can blank. Now, here's the thing. A lot of different situations come up. I named a couple that you feel like, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't face tomorrow. I can't go back to school tomorrow. I can't deal with this. That person's going to be waiting for me. I just can't deal. I can't deal with my parents arguing anymore. I just can't deal with it. I, 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 I want to speak up and say, you know, mom, dad, like, come on. But, you know, I'm just a kid. They're not going to listen to me. Like, I wish I could speak truth to that friend. But, you know, they're not going to listen to me. Like, I wish I could, you know, uh, you know, you know, figure out, you know, and take, you have the boldness to take my next step in my relationship with Jesus. But I'm just too afraid to. I just can't do it. Here's what I want you to read. It's Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know why this verse is so good? You know why this verse is so good? Because there's a lot of freedom in this verse. 
tons of freedom in this verse. See, because for us, life is always changing. You know, some days are really, really good, right? You got good grades, good test scores coming back, things are good. And then the next day, you got the other test scores, the other grades, and it's not so good. And then today, things are going good. You got a Disney pass, things are going great. And the next day, you know, someone lost their job and things are really tough at home. And, you know, today, things are going really, really good. You know, you and your friends are having a blast, things are great. And then the next day, something happened and, and your friends turned on you and you don't know why. You know, things for us change like this all the time. And our mood sometimes changes like this all the time. There's safety in the fact that Jesus never changes, that he is the same. And here's the thing. You guys know this because we talked about it. Change is obvious. When we believe in Jesus' power and his works, that we can do things that we think we can't do, change is obvious. Let me tell you the story. When I was nine years old, when I was nine years old, I started going to church for the very first time. Never been to church before. I grew up Jewish. Not a lot of people know that, but it's true. Never been to church before. So when I started going to church, you have to remember, I'm, you know, I'm young. I'm nine years old. I'm a troublemaker. I'm stealing stuff. My dad's not around, so like, there's no male authority in my life teaching me how to grow up to be a man. Uh, I'm getting into fights all the time. Some I win, some I lose. I'm cheating. I'm stealing things. Teachers don't like having me in their classroom. All these things are happening. And then I go to church. Now, and I mean, when I'm at school, I just got that sixth sense that, like, teachers talk about me behind their back, that they don't like me, they don't like me having it in their classroom. That's how I felt. Well, I went to church for the very first time. I heard about Jesus for the very first time. I heard about what Jesus is capable of for the very first time, and it changed my life. I said, I believe that day, my very first day going to church, I said, I believe. And then I went back to school. And, and over the course of the next couple of weeks and months, you know, I started thinking differently. I started acting differently. I started reading these things about Jesus and his words and the things he did, and I started learning lessons from that and just, and very simple, just applying them to my life. Man, this guy, Jesus, look at how he treated people. I'm gonna go treat people that way. Man, Jesus, look at, look at how he was kind to people. I'm gonna go find chances to be kind. Man, look at Jesus, he was honest. He didn't hurt people's feelings on purpose. I'm going to go do that. I just did the things that Jesus was doing. And then my teacher came to me about a month afterwards and pulled me aside and said, Justin, I don't know what it is, but I'm just noticing something different about you. You know, what's changed? And I looked at her and I said, well, I started going to church. You know, I believe in Jesus now. I'm looking at the things he's doing and I'm applying them to my life and I'm just doing that. You know, change when it happens is obvious. You, you might think you can't do things or they're out of reach for you. Let me tell you, there is nothing out of reach when Jesus is involved. And the things you think are out of reach are not. You've convinced yourself that they are. You've convinced yourself you're too young or you don't have a leadership voice or no one's going to listen or you've made mistakes, so what gives you the right? Let me tell you, when Jesus is involved, anything is possible. Here's the big idea. Because of Jesus' works and words, I can. Now, I don't know what that blank is for you. Maybe it's restoring, you know, fixing a friendship that was broken. Maybe it's a hard conversation with mom or dad or, you know, some, a friend. Maybe it's confessing something, something that you've been bottled up inside, something you've been hiding from people, hoping they wouldn't know, and, and it's time to confess it and put it out there. I don't know what your thing is, but you know what your thing is. I'm going to give you guys a couple minutes the band's going to play. I'm going to give you a couple minutes, and this is simple. 
Just write down what your thing is. And then you just take it home with you. This is so simple. You, take, you write it down, you take it home, you put it on your mirror, and just look at it. Just look at it for, for seven days. Just give me seven days. You give me seven days, I believe that Jesus is going to do something incredible. Give me seven days and let Jesus do what only he can do. Because of Jesus' words and works, I can what? I love you guys. Write something down. Next week we kick off a new series, and I'm going to be here kicking that off with you. Take a couple minutes. Enjoy the band. They're amazing. They love you too. And then we're going to go out to baptism. I'm going to go get changed to get ready. I'll see you guys out there.
HM. Man, what a great weekend, you guys. Holy cow. Yeah, clap for God. Clap for how good God is. Man, this series has been so good. I'm so, so glad and excited that we got to do a whole month about who Jesus is. And now, next weekend, we're diving into the Am I series, which is all about who we are now that we know who Jesus is. So here's what we're doing right now. We are all dismissed, but we're going to go out those open doors over there behind. We're going to go out those open doors where David is. We're going to walk to the baptismal, and we're going to watch our friends in JHM go get baptized. So everybody, you're going out the door right now. We're going out that door, that door only. We're going out that door, and we're going to the baptismal. Text your parents and tell your parents to meet you at the baptismal, because that's where all...